1: of armchair gms who have yet to be wrong with any of their
0: timberwolves takes <laughs> right it's flagrant howls with phil Mackey and kyle tyke
1: welcome in uh this
0: is the funeral episode of flagrant Again? howls here you i feel know. like this is the uh this is that moment where we have the little snacks after the funeral like we already had the funeral and it's like okay let's have some cake and you talk know, about that's Anthony a good point yeah we kind of had we had like an hour and a half funeral after game three yeah, and I think then, this, we got to pivot. This is more of the, uh, it's like one o'clock on like a Wednesday. Okay. And they have little cakes and, I don't know, maybe some bagel sandwiches or something uh, in that one room that is usually designed for like Sunday school. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so okay. I'm in there now. Phil, Phil just walked in. Phil, what's up? Uh, I think we should just have... Uh, <laughs> you've, been, you've been in here for a few days now, actually. Yeah, just, uh, yeah. The, uh, the emotions are kind of wearing off right now. <laughs> We're just kind of thinking back and reflecting and um, maybe looking forward to, you know... But what we're going to do moving forward. Well, there's a I mean, there's a huge offseason ahead for
1: this team. But just to put a bow on the series, Wolves lose to the Nuggets. What a crazy game. At, at At times, it was unwatchable basketball. At other times, it was a back and forth, amazing heavyweight fight, especially in the second half. Anthony Edwards. Lines up a game tying three um, with like literally like Nate Knight was in the game at the end, and then they subbed him out after the the tip ball. They didn't have any bodies left at the end of that game. They were fighting, uh, but the Wolves lose 112 to 109. The series ends in five games. Anthony Edwards, 29 points, eight rebounds, seven assists. Carl Anthony Towns, a really bad first half, but an excellent second half, 26 11 and 3. Gobert with a bunch of rebounds. Conley. Um, you know, the straw that stirs the drink. But I guess just to put a bow on all this here, what is your biggest takeaway from the season and the way that the season ended before we start looking ahead? What was your, like, you've, you've wrapped your head around all of this. They lose to the nuggets. They're one and done. The season's over. What is your sort of headline
0: takeaway from the season here, Kyle? I, I, we've done so much on ant over the last 72 hours. So I'll, I'm going to ask a question back to you, and I think you should take that one. I would say that, as, f- f- I mean, we've said it a thousand times, Phil, like, it's been the most frustrating season, not only that I've covered in six or seven years, that we've experienced in 34 years a combination of so many things, injuries and lack of chemistry and lose, you know, leading the league and losses to bad teams and leading the league in blown double-digit leads, but... I would imagine everyone listening to this that's going to tune in tomorrow is really, really upset, and that's kind of just how you should feel when your team is done and there's no you don't get to watch them anymore. But uh, I left this thinking that the bar – this team failed to meet expectations. There's no argument there. But the playoffs now are the bar minimum, like the bare minimum for this franchise. And you should be like, well, yeah, no shit. like They traded all their picks away. But that's kind of cool to me. In a sense, um, I'm probably, I haven't really slept much since I got back, but like being around downtown Minneapolis all weekend and like seeing how that crowd performed in game four, which was like, again, past a funeral, it was really just, just kind of showed up to see if you could get entertained. But I really came out of this thinking like frustrating season, so many things, so many, you know, punches thrown by fans and teammates alike. But I really do think that this has been increased to a level now where moving forward, they have so much to work on and try to fix this roster and who are they going to trade and who are they are going to bring in and all that stuff. But I'm excited for an offseason for one of the first times in a long time, and I'm excited to watch—I can't believe I'm saying this. This is such an illness. I'm really excited to watch the Timberwolves play basketball next year. I am, <laughs> I dude, well, I'm, I'm, I'm excited that I'm saying that I'm excited to watch Anthony Edwards play basketball
1: next season and whoever yeah, that's his the obvious answer. teammates yeah. are. Yeah. And and by the way, uh, 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 once again, we do these late at night because all of this is actually the earliest start time of any of these five playoff games. So thank you, NBA, for uh, tucking this game away on NBA TV in an earlier <laughs> time slot, I guess. But um we got about a thousand people. It looks like right now, just kind of jumping in the room on YouTube here. So thank you. Yes, thank and you. if you if you click uh, could click the subscribe button on the Score North YouTube channel and the like button, that would go a long way to helping spread the word about Flagrant Howls and Score North. So thank you everybody. But I think yeah, my biggest headline is well, I'll even I guess we've talked so much about Anthony Edwards. I'll take the Anthony Edwards thing just like to a more different specific area. Anthony Edwards is modern day Dwayne Wade with a better jump shot. Early in his career, Dwayne yep. Wade actually yep. toward the end of his career, Dwayne was like maybe maxing out at eighteen feet from the basket, and his three points were were still lacking. But he, I mean, he is Dwayne Wade, dude. The the way he gets yep. to the rim, the way he he freight trains his way, sometimes sometimes he euro steps his way. He mixed in a left handed sky hook with a minute to go in an elimination game over Jokic tonight. His transition defense is just full of highlight reel blocks and steals. And, dude, he, he's doing this the last two or three games. Denver's running double teams at him every possession in the half court. And he's still going off for you know 29, 34, you know, 40 points, whatever it is. So I just think a 21-year-old being able to elevate his play the way that he has in some of the biggest games of the season, the biggest games of his career, Has to be the headline here, and yes, we have talked a lot about him the last two or three times we've jumped on the podcast. I don't think you can talk enough about him because for all of the, because I guess my other main takeaway is the wolves are clunky, the chemistry is weird, the pieces don't fit. I don't even know that they're really particularly that well coached. I still have sort of reservations about the way this was all glued together. I'm not saying Finch should be fired, but I think all of this is up for discussion. But, dude, they fight, and, and, and I think they fight in large part because of Anthony Edwards. So if you can just sort of take what you have discovered with modern-day Dwayne Wade here, take the fight that he has and somehow put pieces around him, sort of build around that vibe, if you will, this franchise can go somewhere. But um, that's my biggest takeaway, that he, he we're, we're watching a modern-day
0: Dwayne Wade as a 21-year-old in a Timberwolves uniform. If you factor in age and, like, current contract, obviously Ant's up for a max extension this summer, which wouldn't, I don't think, kick in until 2024. But if you factor in age and you factor in durability and you factor in what we've seen over these last, now, what, 87 games, uh, 88 games, there's a case to be made. And this, this didn't exist, Phil, in October. As much as we loved Ant against the Grizzlies, as much as we loved Ant's first years, there's a case to be made on April 25th factoring in age factoring contract that Anthony Edwards is the best young player in the league. Like there's no comma, but Luca, right? There's no comma, but jaw, um, and durability and having two years on jaw, uh, jaw just has a better, more well-fitting team around him. Uh, going to be broken in half in, if he, years. I love, I do love watching Ja Morant play, but the comps to, you'll love this one. The comps to Jeff Hardy, the former wrestler, uh, that dude just jumps through tables, and
1: he he's well, not. Jeff Hardy is like in his forties, is making still... another comeback. Actually, <laughs> yes. it's funny because like the physical beatdown isn't what has sort of held Jeff Hardy back. It's the it's the drug problems and the arrests and stuff. So well, John Moran might. John Moran. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I'm not getting point. not going to go down
0: that road. Uh, but Luka Doncic and his inability to you know defend. Or, you know, maybe maybe get in shape a little bit. I mean, I'm not taking anything away. That's how rich this league is with talent. But you're right. I mean, that is the number one takeaway is that there's a case that you enter this summer with the the number one guy. I mean, they're going to do that poll again. The number one guy you'd want to build a franchise around. Mm -hmm. They had it a couple years ago with Carl, and that didn't work out. Um, But they might have, again, the number one guy to build around. And... I think we've seen it. Every game get more and more, and when the lights are the brightest, I will dissect the Rudy Gobert trade until I die. And if you follow the Timberwolves, I mean, that might be in three years from now. But this, he he can make whatever mess ups they had last year, whatever transactions that didn't go their way or they didn't get the full value. I think he can just beat that. I think he can just elevate above that, and he did it. I mean. They were out of, like you said, bodies. Like, Carl fouls out. Rudy fouls out. They didn't have five guys to put in there. They're like, you knew Ant was going to take the shot. There was just no way. When Mike Conley switched the inbounds, Mike knew. He's like, I probably, no matter what, just have to give it to Ant. And he did. And mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know about you, but I totally thought it was going in. <laughs> like, I, I'm surprised. When when they didn't foul him, I was
1: like, well, that's a mistake. He's, yep. he, he's 100% making this shot. I, I kind of love to, I don't know if you guys noticed, but he, so... He misses the shot and immediately sprints into the tunnel. doesn't even do usually every series. Like the, the, you know, the we just went to war for five games or seven games and everybody kind of gets together and they hug it out and everything. And that's what everyone else did. And I'm sure he's going to get ripped for this, right? Oh, it's an immature move to run off the court. No, hell no. And we could, but here's what I love. That dude is so fiery and competitive. He's going to sit and stew on that missed shot for the next four months. And I think that's great for him. I mean, he's literally going to think about that. He was so mad. He didn't want to do or say anything. He just ran into the tunnel. And again, you can debate whether that's like lack of emotional maturity or whatever it is. But like the fact that he's going to think about that every time he wakes up to go to the gym for a practice session or a training session could actually be great to fuel him going into next season.
0: Talking about Jeff Hardy, talking about wrestling. Also, it looked like Ant had either picked up a chair, a folding chair, or had hit one. And when you see star young Timberwolves players go down a tunnel and get close to objects, it made me nervous. So I think he might get a
1: few months for the surgery. I think he uh, might have just pushed
0: a chair away. (laughs) But um, no, I mean, listen, this is the Timberwolves Lifestyle Podcast. We cover one team. We obviously have our biases, but that was kind of my biggest thing watching these last couple games and, and being in Minneapolis over the weekend and getting to. Not even talk to him per se. Obviously, he had some incredible leadership moments. Uh, our friend John Krasinski had an awesome piece after I think it was Game Four, where he talked about Ant brought some of his teammates over to Carl's to kind of cheer him up a little bit. I mean, that type of stuff too. You might scoff at and say, "Win, win the game," you know, but it matters. It really matters, and it it matters. But it's also stuff you just don't see from twenty one year olds. Again, I really do like John Morant. I do. But to see what he has gotten himself into this season, and some of the you know off the court stuff, and then to just hear, like I got to talk to Austin Rivers a little bit, like hear what Austin says about he's like, dude, that kid is as pure as they come. Like he is competitive as hell. Like you just said, he's a great teammate, and I get. I'm not. I haven't been on Twitter, but I guarantee after the game, he's going to take the blame for the loss, and that's what you want, right? Like that's what you mm-hmm. love that stuff. Is he's going to be like, I miss. I should have hit that shot. I hit it nine times out of ten. I'll hit it again next time. Uh but that's again that that's kind of been my thing. I know people are scoffing at it too, but that's why you had to make the playoffs. I know now that that kid is top five in the league of building around. And I don't want to get this lost in the weeds. I also know I would, I would go to war with Nikhil Alexander Walker. Wow. That man was a human condom all series. He, 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 was, was, he was, he was all so dude, some good. Of these, You know, I I think
1: the Nuggets are so used to just running that screen and roll action because Jokic is just so great. He's just a totem pole at the top of the key, right? Just setting illegal screens and stuff, and he got called for a couple of them. How many times did Nikhil Alexander-Walker thread the needle between Jokic's hip, like his left (laughs) hip or his right hip, and just stay on Jamal Murray in that game? Uh, And and he winds up hitting some big threes as well. Dude, that's one of the... I had a couple couple Delo defenders chirping me on Twitter because he hit you know he had like a big three in that Lakers game. <laughs> I mean that that uh. argument it, it is over okay. That argue, that that fight was over in the second round. Delo getting benched in a playing game. Mike Conley and he'll be around next year too. Mike Conley mm-hmm. is such a great presence for Anthony Edwards and, and it's it's not that young of a team by the way. You know that's a, a nar- I think that's a narrative that continues to perpetuate. But there are some key young players on the team like Ant, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Jade McDaniels, Nas Reed, that can use a Mike Conley more than they can use a Delo And the fact that you get Alexander-Walker and three second-round picks, of which one of them probably hits and becomes a rotation player, um, or you can leverage them as trade chips, it's just like, for, for as questionable as the Rudy Gobert <laughs> trade was, Tim Conley comes back with a haymaker in-season trade. I don't think it made up for it because the chemistry and everything, the fits were still off. But I, I think it kind of showed you. Okay, there is some acumen there. He's not just a bozo idiot that swindled the Timberwolves' new ownership into doubling his salary. He saw something in D-Lo that needed to go. He saw something in Mike Conley that would add to the to the value here, and he saw something in Nikhil Alexander Walker. Thirty-eight minutes in an elimination game, and uh, it makes life hell for for Jamal Murray. So, yes, dude, I'm I am definitely
0: standing with you for Nikhil Alexander Walker. I will say too on on uh, I've been debating. Since I got home yesterday, if I was going to say this publicly. So this is probably a safer thing to just tell my wife. But I think I owe it to you as a friend and the listeners. Uh are you a stock market guy? Like are you, are you into the stock market?
1: Um uh, more like long term. Okay. I, I'm not like I'm not like a Davy Day trader kind of guy. Is yeah, that what yeah, you're yeah. talking about?
0: So like on Yahoo Finance, there's uh like you can go to any stock and there's like the little the little thing in the bottom, it's like buy, hold, or sell. Uh being around the, the team this weekend and and just talking to different people and finding out just a little bit more about how, you know, how free agency went down last year, trying to f- kind of pick brains what they're going to do this year. Um, it's kind of a personal announcement for me, but I think just for myself, not speaking for the fan base, this is just a me thing. I think personally, I might be upgrading Tim Conley from a sell to a hold. Okay. Uh Okay. Wow. Look at that's, that. Okay. that. That's an unpopular opinion, but uh, you're coming around. The, the I'm, I'm the Rudy Gobert trade. Well, again, it's it's the house analogy that you paid four hundred thousand dollars for a house that was priced at eight hundred thousand. You paid one point two million. But the Kyle the Kyle Anderson thing and how those guys react to him and what he did for this team this season, <clears throat> and then to your point, like that Mike Conley trade for D'Lo to get off of a guy that you don't want to pay. I mean, that dude. I can't wait. You and I have to hang out the day free agency opens to see what D'Lo's contract's going to be, because it's going to be mesmerizing. Like, is it going to be $20 million? I don't know. Uh, but to get Mike Conley, who that those guys love, and to get Nikhil Alexander-Walker, and part of the reason I have upgraded Tim Conley in my own personal stock chart is that it sounded like he was really, really, really adamant that he wouldn't do that Mike Conley trade without getting Na. And then to get three second-round picks in it, too, Like, I think we all thought Na was like, I remember when the trade happened, we did the, the breakdown. I was like, I hope he gets a minute. I hope he gets to play. Yeah. Well, he was starting in the playoffs. So I th- I think it's fair to say Nikhil is, you have his restricted free agency this season. Uh, you don't have, is, I can't remember. Do you have that with Nas? My whole brain is frozen. No, I don't remember. Not, no, Nas, no. Nas is, is
1: an yeah. un- straight up unrestricted
0: free agent, unfortunately but, for the world. But Wolves, I, d- yes. I do think Nikhil now goes into the bin of like, I've always been saying this all season. I remember I said it with the Balmero pick. God. Kyle, you suck. It's just, you need a third guy to kind of run with him and Jaden. Like, we kind of forget tonight as we're frustrated that, like, Jaden McDaniels (laughs) would have been great to have him, not only defensively, but when Ant is doubled, like you said, all the time, Jaden is a guy that's a release valve that can get the ball and then go to the rim and then find Rudy and be, like, in a four-on-three kind of power play. So, Nikhil, as much as people think his shot's wonky, and it is a little bit, he's fearless. And to watch what he did, and dude, I played basketball right before this game started, And I was reminded of, like, how shitty it is to play defense. Like, I just don't even want to play defense and pick up, let alone (laughs) chase Jamal Murray around and get just hip-checked by Jokic. So I don't know if Tim Connolly will stay here. I mean, that stuff, there's some smoke to that. We'll see what happens in the next couple weeks. I mean, they're done now. They're going to do exit interviews tomorrow probably, and by Wednesday afternoon it's going to be kind of done, done, done. But if he does stay, I'm still not a huge fan, but I am interested to see, as you said, like, a couple months ago, he's got another big trade in him right? You make that one big trade. You usually get the the leeway to make one more big trade. Is that a Carl? Is that a Rudy? We'll see what happens. But I just am so impressed by Nah, because I think that that's a guy that you sign. And maybe he's your starting point guard in a year and a half, right? Maybe he's the guy that I've always wanted next to Ant. I mean, he is, I always say, dollar store player. Like He's kind of dollar store DeJounte Murray, but he doesn't come with the contract that DeJounte Murray's going to get in a summer. So Really impressed by that trade. It kind of saved the season. Uh, there's still so many things you can say about Tim Conley. His lack of availability. Well, uh, I, and one thing I, one thing, just like
1: because you said, you know, he he should have at least one big trade left in him unless he takes that Washington job. But what I wonder now is because a year ago we were sitting here almost a year ago when he took the job and the thought was, boy, he doesn't really need to do anything right away. He should just kind of survey the landscape for six months. Yeah. And boom, mm-hmm. he comes out just nuclear and makes the biggest – most controversial trade in NBA history. And now we're sitting here saying, well, I mean, pretty obvious. You got to make a huge trade of some kind, right? You got to treat either cat or go I mean, is there a chance he could do the opposite of what he did last year? And that, that this is the summer where he kind of sits on it and says, actually, you know what? Yeah, cat missed 50 games. Thought thought I saw some good things in that Denver series. And for sure in the, uh, the second playing game, I mean, what is the, ch- what are the chances that he just kind of sits on it and says, I, this is, this is the bed we made. I'm confident this can work. Maybe they make a coaching change or something instead of a, a roster change. I'm just, I'm not, I guess I'm not 100% sold that he's going to make another nuclear trade.
0: No, no. And I just meant in the sense that I think if he does stay and he doesn't take the wizard's job, at some point he'll have. I think any executive can make such a bad trade or a good trade that you get the ammo to make one more deal, right? Like if he were to then go trade Ant for, you know, 160 more lakes, right? Was, the state doesn't need lakes. Like, then he would be fired. But um, no, and I, I don't know, just again, you, you, were, you were hanging out with me all weekend too, like talking to people. I don't think Chris Finch is on the hot seat, no matter what you thought of his coaching performance. This was, I thought you agreed, his worst year coaching the team. Uh, his best year was probably last year, and he did a really hell of a job when he kind of came in for Ryan mm-hmm. in the interim. But I, I just don't think that's the move yet. And we can debate it. And you can disagree. I'm not telling you what I think. I just people that are around the team don't think that that man is in any danger right now. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't want to do that thing where we go, wow, the Wolves covered and they lost by three and they were down three of their what? Seven best players in Kyle Anderson and Nas and Jaden. Um, Let's just completely run it back. If they do run it back, I hope that there's a real Detailed look at like what can we do differently with this team because again if you and I are both on like you got to keep Nas Reed I mean there you run into a situation where it's like okay playing small ish has been great for Ant but if you're gonna have Nas and Carl and Rudy you're definitely just probably playing two of those three guys at all times for 48 no. minutes so but then again there was that West Coast road trip for about a week where it's like the offense and the defense looked incredible and that's when they had all their bodies so. It, it, it'll be a crazy off season. I'm not really ready to like wrap my head around it yet. I uh, kind of want to marinate on this one because, again, I I walked in today. I was like, oh, I hope they just play tonight and have fun and like entertain me. And then to get to three down three and have Ant have that shot, I kind of expected overtime, which tells you, again, just how far Ant has come. But, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know what they'll what? do this summer, but it I, I think running it back is on the table. And, again, that's not what your plan is or my plan desire is or whatever i just i do think it's probably on the table because there's still some time to figure this stuff out it's mackie here
1: and a shout out to claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples even so i am an allergy sufferer and it's uh it's rough sometimes with stuffy runny nose for me it can be like dry scratchy eyes throat even just feeling tired Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D designed for serious allergy sufferers. Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. Are you ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear, fast and powerful relief. Just a quick trip away, find Claritin D or ask for Claritin D at your pharmacy counter. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. That's Claritin.com. Use as directed. Well, I mean, let's, let, let, you want to have uh, just sort of a, a, let's put the cat conversation to bed here. So we did the ant conversation. We kind of okay. did the Connolly conversation. Let's have an ant, con- let's have a, a cat conversation. So 38 minutes tonight. So this is his, his latest, um, you know, attempt at, a big playoff game, and I think this is probably both in box score and eye test and just some of the the big high-leverage buckets that he made. Probably one of his better playoff games of the 19. If, if you include the, the play-in games, he's played in three play-in games and 16 playoff games now in his career. He goes 9 of 17, 26 points, 11 rebounds, 3 assists, uh, he had like five and one opportunities. Of course, he does foul out again. He's, I feel like he's fouled out in about a third of his playoff games. And I think here's where I'll start this. People obviously know that I am not the biggest Carl Anthony Towns supporter. I think it's pretty irrefutable that he, not necessarily tonight, but largely shrinks in the playoffs. He's had eight or nine major clunkers in his 19 playoff games. He is the, again, these are just to me, indisputable facts. He is the most foul-happy player in the NBA statistically since 2018. Um, he's he's actually fairly limited offensively compared to what you would think. He has limited post moves. He's really unable to slash and cut. Um, I think his decision-making as a passer is just sort of a beat or two slower than guys like Jokic. You know, hey, you're being double or triple teamed in the post. Guy, go get it to Tayshaun Prince on yep. the wing. He's yep. wide open for three. Like, let's go. you got to process fast. And uh and he just got his lunch handed to him by Jokic this entire series. Jokic averaged ten more points per game, seven more assists per game, and two more rebounds per game in this series. That's one of your peers. And even though you had a pretty good game tonight, Jokic was even better than you are. So I guess like all of those things remain true. And he was pretty good tonight. He responded. He he you know, they're they're not they're really not in that game at the end if he doesn't pick it up in the third quarter and the fourth quarter. So I want to give him his flowers a little bit because I'm so hard on him. But we have I feel like we've lowered the bar so much because of just the failures in these big games. That I, I think you have to evaluate him going forward on a much higher bar than sort of where we've set it. Like, oh, nice job. You did a really good job in two of the five playoff games or whatever. If you're going to pay a guy a Supermax contract, it's year eight. I just need more than... Once every other game in a big spot going off for these big, like, what, why can't you go for 27, 14, and three in every playoff game? Right. Like, why, why is that an unfair expectation? So, I guess nothing really happened in this playoff series to get me to come off my opinion that he just kind of shrinks and underperforms in the biggest moments. He has trouble keeping his cool. He, he's a foul machine. And I just think that long term, there's probably something better you can do with $50 million a year to put around Anthony Edwards. So,
0: that's, my, that's where I stand. Yeah. Again, I, I just wanted on the record that, like, when I say I think Finch is safe and that there's a chance they run it back, that's just kind of spewing out what you kind of hear. I, I don't know. Um, if it, whatever they do next, it has to be the opposite of what they did last year. And because I do think last year there was this excitement, and I, I think it is from ownership a little more. That was like, we did this, and now let's just, you know, like, we, we got a thousand feet in the air. Let's go to the moon. It's like, well, you know, let's. Let's figure out how to get to 10,000 feet. Um, So they make the Gobert trade, and that was a rash decision. It was just right, boom. Like, they introduced Walker Kessler in 48 hours. He's literally at the airport with Dane. And you can't do that this time, but I also think at some point, I mean, there's just not a lot of basketball people that see this working. So if you trade Carl and you use the justification that Phil just presented, then okay. And conversely, like, if you trade Rudy and use the justification that in the biggest moments tonight, even though he had 16 and 15, he couldn't grab rebounds like over Aaron Gordon, over Jokic. I mean, that's the Wolves' lost again, and we eliminated from the playoffs because they couldn't grab defensive yeah. rebounds. Uh, that's a tough pill to swallow. Um, I just hope that they decide whoever center they keep long-term, whether it be an older Rudy or a Carl who's making $55 million a year, uh, it all comes back to that decision should be a little easier. I don't know what it's going to be, but it should be a little easier. Because it's just whatever one fits better with Ant. Because <laughs> everything you do is about that kid. I mean, let's not go full Kevin Garnett, who is the only other great player in this franchise's history, and like, let Ant pick who's on the roster. We're not at that stage yet, maybe in a couple of years, but mm-hmm. everything has to fit around him. So they got a lot of smart guys in that front office. You got to figure out, do you want a more of a rim protector, a screen setter, a lob, you know? Or do you really just want to open the floor and say we're just going to give up some points we're going to bring Jaden back and Nas and Nah, and we're just going to try to rim protect with our guards. I mean, Ant led the yeah. team tonight with blocks. <laughs> Dude, I think I think you need for, I think you need space
1: for Ant to operate. Again, this is to me, it's all about what does he need to just be a fully realized version of the modern Dwayne Wade, like I talked about mm-hmm. earlier. He needs space to operate. I, he's so good in transition. I think he needs guys that can get up and down and 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 put an opposing team in the spin cycle uh, both in the half court and in transition you know and i just want to i want to highlight this because we we can we can pull some comments in here from the youtube channel but mark williams chimes in unfair to compare cat to joker joker is a two-time mvp one of the best players in the league this is exactly what i'm talking about yeah the only reason why it's unfair to compare cat to joker is because we and cat have lowered the bar over the last five years five years ago not only were people not not only were people comparing Cat to Joker, I think people were putting Cat above Joker 5 years ago in terms of like if you were to pull the entire league in 2017-2018, which one of these two players is going to be a two-time MVP at some point. I don't I don't think it would have been 100% Joker. And so right. I guess like you mark you're sort of proving my point which is yeah, of course you can't compare the two. Joker is miles better right now than Cat and will continue to be almost certainly. But that's not Cat was the number 1 overall pick man. Like someone sh- someone tweeted us a video of uh, like a 47 and 18 game from it was it was like the first one of the first oh. two years of Cat's career. Right. Dude, yeah. He looks like a different player. Yeah. He's thicker. He's more decisive. And this is like a young kind of short hair Carl Anthony Towns. He just even like the look on his face was different now he's not he's not demonstratively complaining and flailing and making these weird high-pitched noises. He was just go back and watch some tape of him in the first two or three years of his career. It's just kind of weird how he's regressed in some different ways.
0: The the ringer, I think it was back in 2019 did like the official unicorn rankings back when we were that was the word of choice for everyone and it was like uh Giannis 1, uh Anthony Davis 2, uh and then like Carl, Jokic and Embiid and they're kind of all in that same little tier, right? No. Uh we know, I mean, Anthony Davis has his warts too, but when he is on, he might he might be the best two-way player in the league. Um, his defense is out of this world. Obviously, Giannis is right there next to him. Um, and, and Embiid's gonna win the MVP. Uh Jokic has won two MVPs. Carl doesn't have any of that stuff. And I think that's back to your point, is that uh they were all kind of in the same room for a while and that's just not the room Carl's in and yeah. again is that because you brought in another 7 foot 3 guy that's clogged up all his space I don't know but that's well what, this was kind of happening even going into yeah, the season right for sure for sure but it's just I don't know if you can say it I mean, he's not in that category he's better than Chris App's Porzingis who was ranked six behind Carl in that unicorn rankings but uh he is I think he, I think people would take Cat over Porzingis but, maybe but that's you know uh, Hang all, the banner. Of, <laughs> all emotion aside like I think what the front office has to figure out is that like I thought Carl had a really bad first half and it was like this is not going to end well and then his second half i mean they only are in that game because of him in the second half we got to figure it out like do they know more than we do like is that calf still kind of torn i mean these aren't excuses this is more like analysis is was he a half step slow because he's still not there physically um then then you're like okay we got something we can kind of hope for down the road or is it like maybe he is just taking a step back and now this is who he is right like he was a an A minus player in the league, and now he's just going to be a really good B And if that's the case, same with Rudy. Like you got to figure it out. If, is Rudy just beat up from Euro basketball? Uh, I was talking to someone this weekend and like, oh, don't forget that there's another like international basketball tournament this summer. And Judd, if you're listening, I'm with you. <laughs> they got to do everything they can to not let that man play. Uh they. When Gerson Rosas was here, he had no problem telling Juancho Hernan Gomez that he just couldn't be a part of Team Spain. If Tim Connolly sticks around and sees this out and has two brain cells, he should just tell Rudy, man, listen, you're too important. When you came here and your introductory press conference, you said, I'm I'm here to take these guys to the finals. You can't play any more unnecessary basketball. And I'm a big believer in the international stuff. I get it, but you're getting paid way too much to play for this team to go – bang your knees and you know play physical European style basketball. So yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a crazy off season. Um but I'm I'm just one of those sick people that's like I couldn't wait for this season to be done. And I'm gonna text you tomorrow after coffee and be like, ah, oh, I wish the Wolves were playing on Thursday. <laughs> uh here's a an interesting stat from
1: our guy Alan Horton on He's Carl Anthony best. Towns. One last well, Nass Dig here, I guess. By the way, he's a big boy. The dude makes $50 million. He's set for life financially. He's an adult. He's been in the NBA for eight years, so he can handle some criticism. But I promise this is the last time I will I will dump on Carl Anthony Towns for at least the next two weeks on Flagrant Halls. So I'll give you that. And yes, we will continue in the offseason. But um, he's played now 16 playoff games. He has made one or zero threes in 11 of the 16 playoff games. Yep. he He's only made more than two threes in two of the 16 playoff games. For a guy that's one of the greatest shooters for his size in the history of the NBA, I mean, that's pretty much his bread and butter, right? Just being able to pop those threes and go on those runs. The fact that he just doesn't do that in the postseason, it's weird. He just doesn't look comfortable in these games. And tonight, he found a stretch there for a while tonight, but he just, you know, you, you watch some of these other guys that are in that peer group, whether it's Joel Embiid, who did have some clunkers early in his postseason career, or mm-hmm. Jokic, they just they just look so comfortable operating and hitting big shots. They know exactly what their go-to sets are and everything,
0: and it's like Cat is still trying to find that after all these years in these big games. Yeah, I was looking up his like, game log since he came back. I think—I'm going to probably mess this up. I think the only time he ever hit 5-3 since he came back was when they kind of just annihilated— or no, they didn't annihilate them, but when they beat the Pelicans, 113-108, that's when Cat had 5-for-8 and he had 30 points. That's the shot that's unguardable. I mean, really, it is unguardable because if you're defending Cat, you have to give him enough space. I mean, all his threes tonight, if you look at his shot chart, were like deeper threes, but yeah. he missed one in the slot that would have been big. There was a—I think it was in the first half where I think Mike Conley got under the basket and kicked—late in the first half where he kicked it to Carl, who's standing in the corner. Corner threes are—for guys like Carl, those should be layups. I mean, really, they should. And he missed that, and it was just—you know, it wasn't back-breaking threes by any means, but they just didn't, you know—it's kind of like the Ant thing again. It's like Ant didn't make a three-pointer tonight, and he was the second most, you know— Just dominant player on the floor. I mean, I don't know how you can take anything away from Jokic, who had a massive triple-double, but even like you said in transition, he's awesome in transition and he is equal he is the heir to the throne of the chase down block. You know, like you said, Dwayne Wade. He is Dwayne Wade. I don't think you can make LeBron comps, but the comp for LeBron is that he's like he's physical. Like he's just I mean, Wade was, you know, still a little slimmer when he was coming out of Marquette. So yeah, it's going to be another crazy off season. I'm glad you. Uh, I'm glad this is like an exit interview for me. I'm glad you confirmed that we're going to keep doing this. Uh, but no, I. I also too, since you said that, uh, I do want to say. I know I've said it before, and we always try to get people to rate and review, and it's really important. It's crazy. Yeah, I think you texted me two weeks, from like in two weeks it would be a year that you texted me like hey, I have this crazy idea, for this podcast. Uh, my parents are big fans of kind of their only child. Long story, but kind of an only child. So. My parents are big fans of me, and as you learned over the weekend, my parents are bigger fans of you. And uh, this podcast and people listen and support us has meant uh, a lot. I hope that you, you know, I'm not a reporter, I'm not a journalist, uh, I'm just here to try to entertain you. I think I speak for Phil in the sense, uh, but I also just want to distract you. So I know it's been a frustrating season, but uh, I was reminded of this today. I got my, mom, my mom's down in Rochester this week having some pretty serious tests go on, and I hope that when you tune into this for 30 minutes once or twice a week, the... You might not agree with what Phil says about Carl, you might not agree with what I say about certain guys, but I hope that we have entertained you, made you laugh, uh because this has been one of the coolest things I've ever done. So I want to thank you for that. Uh not that we have to sign off yet, but I just wanted to say that was on my notes that thanks no, boss is, uh, for, no, for, for putting this together.
1: <laughs> this has been uh, it's been a blast. What's funny is so Kyle and I have followed each other on Twitter for a few years, but you know the, the first like actual so we the first two actual lengthy conversations we had were less than a year ago. One was on the phone, me sort of asking you, hey, would you want to do a more of like a fan-centric Timberwolves lifestyle podcast? And, and we I don't know, we talked for like 20 or 30 minutes. And then the second lengthy conversation we had was on the podcast. Yep, <laughs> the, first, yep, yep. the first episode of Flagrant Howls. And yeah, it's been a blast. It's just been, you know, the Wolves have always just been this this weird guilty pleasure for me you know just like this masochistic thing that i just keep going back to i used to i feel like sometimes when you're in the media business and for sure when you're when you're on the writing side as a like i was a twins beat writer for a number of years sometimes the fandom can get bludgeoned out of you you just you just see too much (laughs) behind the curtain then you're yeah and and it's work like it's fun but it's but it's work and for some reason the timberwolves have always just been a little bit more fun on the fun side for me, but then at the same time, they're always terrible. Like I Mm -hmm. I want, I want the Timberwolves to bring me joy Mm -hmm. and they rarely do. And I think that's why I'm just, I'm excited to lean into the Anthony Edwards era, but this podcast brings me joy. It's been a blast all season long, chopping it up with you and, uh, and the audience and just the the feedback that we've received from you guys, whether you listen in audio form or whether you've been watching us on the score YouTube channel, You guys have, I think, I think the numbers on this podcast have, have exceeded what I and we thought, even though this team maybe has not, maybe has absolutely not come close to the expectations that, that everyone kind of thought
0: back in July of last year. So yeah, just we're,
1: we're pumped to keep it going in the off season.
0: This, uh, this will not come as a surprise to anyone, but, uh, I also don't do a lot of prep for this stuff. It really is just Phil and I carving out some time during our work weeks to, uh, just jump in and be like, this is, and this is like a, a real shout out to like Wolf's Twitter, who I really feel a connection with, but just kind of based off like the conversations I see in this community uh, that we just come and we talk about. It. I mean, this is like, if you and I had an hour lunch break and we just met for, you know, met at Jimmy John's and we were like, all right, I'd like to tell you how much I hate Tim Conley today. Or, you know, <laughs> this is who I want to trade. Yes. So uh no, it's been really cool. I'm glad we're gonna do it with this offseason. We're gonna uh I'm sure we're gonna rank I think we're gonna do like our top 75 free agent signings. Oh we gotta do <laughs> and we gotta do the leadership power rankings at least a couple times oh, too. Yeah, yeah, Forget yeah. I, about mean, that. I should you know, if we're gonna wrap this up with a bow on the 2022, 23 Minnesota Timberwolves, I think tonight, like, do you wanna do that? I mean, to me now, especially again, I know I'm pimping this out, but being back and being in that locker room. And seeing some of the, like, the videos after games when like Finch brings the guys in to huddle and Ant's the guy that always gets to say a couple words, I think the leadership, I think Anthony Edwards is atop the leadership power rankings. I, re- I really do. I really think that that team is like, that's the guy. That's the guy that we have to dive for loose balls to make sure we get in for him. So I don't know. We'll have to go back and listen in September, October. I don't think Ant was in our top five. He wasn't. Uh, he, he didn't crack the top <laughs> three when we did it
1: like a month ago. I'm still putting Mike Conley number one. Mike okay, that's Co- Mike Conley's number fair. one for me. That's but fair. But I think I think here's what I'll do. Kyle Anderson was number two after the whole Rudy Gobert thing on the sideline mm-hmm. and just kind of the way that Kyle Anderson sometimes he doesn't have the the radar of when to stop. That's well, because one teammate. eye; he can't
0: see. <laughs> well,
1: that, there's that too. because <laughs> Anthony too Edwards soon. punched him too soon. But uh, I think I'm going to put Anthony Edwards above Kyle Anderson in the leader. So it's going to be for me. It's going to be Conley and then. And then, and by Mike the way, this Rusty AF here. Yes, Mike Conley. Uh, <laughs> rusty AF chimes in here in the YouTube comment section. Can you guys, can you guys just be sad for a minute? A moment of silence. RIP 2023 Timber Pups. Here's why I'm not sad. Once again, Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards. That's the most important takeaway from the end of this season.
0: And that's why he, I'm not sad because and, and he he's on the really, team. I'm with you. I'm with you. It it sounds again pie in the sky, but you just if you even believe half heartedly what I actually do believe, that when you factor in durability and you factor in age and contract and all that stuff, that he is probably the number one guy that you would want to build. I mean, dude, he is like less than I think a year older than uh Paula Bancaro who just won rookie of the year. <laughs> like Ant is younger than some of the guys that are slotted to go in the lottery mm-hmm. in June or in the in the draft. Uh it's incredible and I think if you have a chance, he, he's that guy now, Phil, that when the Wolves play in Indiana, like you should, like, if you live in Indiana, you should go. Like, you know he's going to play. He's playing 82 games a year unless he absolutely gets throttled or something. He is on that Steph Curry, LeBron James, like, thing where it's like, if he's coming to my city, I got to go watch him play. Because not only is he really bleeping good, but he's like, he's a showman. He He's box office. He He's Chase down blocks. He's attacking the rim, trying to just absolutely kill people. So, uh, and also too, I just I don't I don't get sad with the Timberwolves because again I, I really do like they're just a distraction from all the things we had on in their lives. And two, we're just you said it I think to me on Saturday, the M&M of Eight Mile, where it's like we know all the stuff that people are gonna say, we know all the jokes that are gonna be made. Um, but the one thing they can't take away from us is that kid. So you got to sign him to a max extension this summer. You need to treat him right. I don't think a max extension yeah. guarantees that he's here forever, um but I yeah, don't you gotta, think you got to make it make it right around him, make it right yeah, around him. But I don't think there's anything that would lead us to believe that he has any sights elsewhere, but uh the way that those players start to look elsewhere, no matter what their con- the contracts don't matter anymore, but mm-hmm. is when you don't treat them right or you don't give them hope or build around them. They tried to build around him with the Rudy thing. They still have the players. They might have to shuffle up the roster, but that kid is going to be on, I mean, that kid is going to be on all the marketing material this summer. I think we know who's franchise this is, and that's not a slight to anyone else. It's just he elevated to the top above everyone else. It's Anthony Edwards' franchise. He's 21. He's going to sign, you know, a $200 million contract this summer. Uh, hopefully they can get Jaden and Nas signed as well and Akil. And then an old team, I was thinking back, you said this earlier, an old team who does play Rudy Gobert, does play Mike Conley, does have Kyle Anderson. You know, you can also look at it as like they got this Josh Minot kid, right? We'll see what they have in Wendell Moore, but if you resign Nas and Nah, you got four dudes under 24. That that's a pretty good core. Mm-hmm. That if you move off of one of your big guys and get some assets, uh, I just don't think all hope is lost. I really don't, and that's an honest opinion. I wouldn't say that if I was just trying to gaslight people. I really think that a couple tweaks this summer, maybe a bigger tweak, uh, and the playoffs are the expectation. There's no reason this team should finish any worse than eighth next year. They're healthy. This team in a Western Conference that has Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and uh, LeBron James and Damian Lode, all these aging vets, Steph Curry, like all these guys getting older. They're north of 30, and it's 21.
1: That's a big deal. Yeah. I'm glad you clarified that you're not gaslighting the audience this time because ordinarily you are gaslighting yeah. the audience. Yeah. But <laughs> Once this a one week. time, this one Once time. A week. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, that's a wrap for us here tonight. So, we're probably, what day is it? I don't even know. It's going to be Wednesday tomorrow. Jeez. We'll probably take the rest of the week here on Flagrant, unless something crazy happens, like you know, like they, if they like fire Finch or something on Friday, we'll yeah. probably hit you with an emergency episode. But we're going to get into a groove of my guess is weekly off season episodes. So if you guys have guest ideas, if you have topic ideas, um, speculation that you'd like us to tackle, we are. A blank canvas going forward here now that the wolf season is over. So, yeah, I mean, there's you know? going to
0: be, uh got to talk to, obviously, Craig Kilborn this weekend. He would like to come back. I know we'll get Jim. We'll get Grady. Kilby's um, very, ever...
1: opti- very optimistic. We've been, uh, you know, it's funny. I think like he's definitely become one of the top three people that I'm texting with during Timberwolves games now. Just like, he's just like all in. <laughs> But oh, he's... it makes
0: me sad that I'm like also up there in the notifications. It's like Craig Kilborn, and it's like, oh, what did Kyle say now?
1: <laughs> no, he's uh, yeah, he's he's very optimistic about, pretty much in line with us about Anthony Edwards, and and got to figure it out. We'll, we'll we'll get him on at some point here in the next few weeks too to to chop
0: well, it up. I, I know being back and kind of figuring out the schedule. Uh, we'll wake up tomorrow and they'll do exit interviews. Um, so next time you and I do record, we'll have a lot. I mean, those are usually pretty meatless, but I mean, there'll be some things that come from that. Uh, the next time we record, we might know if Tim Conley's here <laughs> or not. Uh, and then you got a couple weeks to kind of navigate, you know, I'm sure you and I will maybe rank some jerseys, uh, talk about our favorite concession stand items. And then it's just, you know, the draft and free agency and yes. the summers are always for a lot of people, their favorite time of the NBA. Just oh, so you I
1: know, know, I have ready to rock and roll. Maybe I'll do this. Uh, I, I might just spring this on you next week, whether you are ready for it or not. I do have five Carl Anthony Towns trade ideas ready to be unleashed. <laughs> I just, I just want the audience to know that 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 is in my prep, fully fleshed out. And when I was getting lunch, when I was getting lunch with Kilborn the other day, I literally made him. I said, "I want to, I want to, I want to test this he, on you. I'm going to give this. you five trade ideas." And uh, he kind of laughed at a couple of them, but like I think I got him hooked on. On one or two of them, so I'll next week or the week after. I will, I will, I will hone these, and I will throw these out to you in the
0: audience, and you can judge. That I'm with you. I mean, again, they're gonna there's gonna be guys in in trade rumors all summer. So if I don't know if Twitter is gonna exist in two months, but like there's gonna be lots of rumors flying around, reckless speculation. Uh, we get to see Josh Minot unleashed. I think finally, uh, at, in summer league. Um, Wendell Moore to have a second round pick. And I do, I think that they you know, I think that they're mid-level exception. They're gonna be active. There's no way that if Mark Lurie and Alex Rodriguez were so amped after five or six games against the Grizzlies that they wanted to do something, pretty sure those guys aren't just gonna be happy like signing Tory Craig <laughs> this yeah. summer and saying, Let's go back. Like they're gonna want to be uber aggressive again. That's just that's the difference between them and Glenn, is that Uh, this is kind of they're going to see the writing on the wall that this is now their team as Glenn gives them the keys later this year or early next, you know, in March of 2024. So those guys aren't going to let Tim Conley or whoever's running the team, maybe me, uh, sit on their hands. It's going to be an aggressive offseason, and the playoffs will be the expectation moving forward. So we'll see. He's Kyle. I'm Phil.
1: This is your favorite Timberwolves lifestyle podcast, Flanger and RIP 2023 Timberwolves. (laughs) Ha <laughs>